The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, social, getting social. Okay, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your company is, your industry, where in the world you are, size, maturity, I don't care. It's truth time. Answer the following. Have your company's social engagement tools and practices evolve to meet the demands of today's digitally empowered brand-controlling customers. That's part one. Part two or... Here's the part you might not want to answer. Are you stalled? Are you stumbling? Or just plain failing? Well, if you answered yes to the latter, here's your wake-up call. The world of customer service has changed, in case you haven't noticed it. Today, your audience is tipping the balance of power in their own favor. Uh Uh-huh, yes. They expect you the business person, the business company, the enterprise, the startup, whatever you are, to welcome them, to serve them. How? With speed, with accuracy, respect, relevance, efficiency, authenticity, and grace. Where? On all of the channels they choose. And there is a plethora of channels, how they can find you and connect with you and expect great things from you today. Do you need help? I've got a panel of experts. You're going to want to listen to what they have to say. First up today is a repeat guest here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. I might say the one and only because he is Brent Leary, co-founder and partner at CRM Essentials, LLC. And Brent sent me the following quote. We're going to hear from him in just a second. He said, speed of engagement will play an increasingly important role in creating great customer service experiences. Brent Leary, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Uh, I'm cold, but I'm very glad to be with you again. Uh, it's, it's always good to speak with you. We'll warm you up. Talk to me. Speed of engagement. Is that that's the, the mantra? That's where we're going for, Brent? Give us a little background on this quote, please. Well, I think, you know, as uh, customers continually get this new technology kind of put in front of them, they're adapting and adopting it quicker than ever before, and they're seeing how it can impact their lives. And one of the things they're looking for are companies that will, you know, move with them and move with them quickly and stay connected with them and across their, you know, life journey. And I think the faster the companies are able to respond and keep up, the much more likely they're going to be able to extend the relationship. And that really plays a role in, in terms of customer experience and particularly customer service. People want to know that uh, if they need help, it's going to be there. That's why I think you see a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of interest and excitement around the Amazon May Day button because they have uh, on the uh, Kindle Fires, the latest ones, they have a little thing that you can click a, a button and within 15 seconds a smiling face shows up asking if they can help you. 
I think that's going to be a really key indicator for how companies are going to have to move because that speed and that ability to help people is going to have to carry across <laughs> through all industries and all kinds of customer engagement. Wow. I have a quick question for you. Fifteen seconds. Is that the new industry? Uh, is that the gauge? Is that the pace setter, fifteen seconds? Did anybody find out if customers are willing to wait fifteen seconds, Brent? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> really? The, I don't think that's uh, the industry standard across <laughs> everything. But I know during uh, the holiday season, Amazon just put out a, a whole bunch of bullet points of facts. And their goal was to be able to, to when somebody pushes a Mayday button, uh, th- their goal is to have 15-second re- uh, uh, you know, response and having that smiling face show up. During the holiday season, they actually said they, they, uh, the average was nine seconds. I like that better. I do. We're all so impatient. <laughs> Thanks, Brent, for a good kickoff and for making me smile. Joining you on the panel today, a newcomer to SAP Game Changers Radio, is Dan Gingas, the head of digital customer experience and social media at Discover. And Dan sent me the following quote. First, focus on superior product or service. Then, focus on outstanding customer service. Once you have both, doing customer service well in social media is a breeze. I think it's a chilly breeze today. We're going to warm it up. Dan Gingas, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And if Brent thinks that he is uh, cold in Atlanta, he should come on up to Chicago and feel what cold really feels like. Yeah, and I invite you all to Long Island, and I think we were we had about two inches of snow overnight, and we're still tipping around zero. So there. Dan, talk to me about your quote, please. Well, I think this is really about finding the root cause. Um, custom, companies are often afraid of social media, and they're afraid because they're worried that people are going to say negative things. And if people are saying negative things, you have to ask, why might they be doing that? And often that's because your product or your service has an inherent problem with it. Um, the reality is, is that customers are talking about your brand regardless of whether you're involved in the conversation. And so it is much to a brand's benefit to be part of that conversation, to be able to respond. On the part about focusing on outstanding customer service, I think it's really important to master customer service in other channels first. And the reason is is that social is really the only channel in which your customer service can be experienced in all of its glory in public. Um, And that can be a huge advantage for companies that do customer service really, really well but it also can be uh, a big problem if you don't already handle service well in other channels. And from your background, I read your bio. We'll talk a little more later about your roles at Discover. You certainly know what you're talking about. Quick question for you, Dan, before I turn to Kai Petzelt from SAP, our third panelist. Did I hit the right buttons when I said in my intro, Dan, that they want customers want you, the company, to treat them with, well, with speed, as we talked about with Brent, accuracy, respect, relevance, efficiency, authenticity, and I added the word grace. Did I hit all the hot buttons there? You actually did a fantastic job hitting the buttons. I was trying to write those words down very quickly, but uh, absolutely, I think the balance of speed and accuracy is really important. People are looking for a quick response, but a quick response isn't valuable if it isn't answering the question. So one of the things that's really important is to, just as you would in a call center, focus on things like first call resolution. Make sure that you're answering the question that the person is asking so they don't have to come back and ask you another question. 
Good point. Good point. Quick story. I, I wanted to do some business at Home Depot, some kitchen remodeling. Went and visited them, then emailed them the specs, what I wanted, put color chips in of the countertop, the quartz from Internet color specs, and everything. Didn't hear back. Finally, had to pick up the phone and call them, had a good conversation. It's a week later. I still have no estimate. I have no chips in the mail in terms of color samples. Nothing. You think I'm going to actually go there and give them my money, Dan? <laughs> Probably I think not. we'll leave that we'll leave that one up to the experts to answer. Thank you. Let's bring on our third panelist today, Kai. And I do do not mind name dropping on the show. Clearly, Kai Petzelt, Senior Director of Product Marketing, CRM Solutions Portfolio at SAP. Delighted to have you on the show. And Kai sent me the following quote from Brian Solis. We'll have to find out who that is. We live in a world of digital Darwinism. Ooh, that sounds so important. Kai, welcome to the show. How are you today? Well, thank you very much. <clears throat> well, well, first of all, I have to say, uh, I think I'm really the only one here on the uh, left coast of the U.S. Uh, actually not freezing. Um, it's, it's pretty beautiful out here, and the sun is uh, shining bright, but I'll stop right here. Yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> Boo, hiss. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I shared this quote from, uh, from Brian Solis, um, who is a principal at Altimeter Group, um, because I really think it, it fits perfectly and beautifully to our uh, topic that we want to talk about today, digital Darwinism. I mean, we, we all know the concept of Darwinism, um, uh, survival of the fittest, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, species adapt uh, to, uh, um, to changing um, uh, environments and, and whatnot. And I think in the uh, world of, of all things digital, um, including social, of course, um, the same concept applies. And, and what does that really mean? If you think about it, a time you know when technology and society are really evolving faster than than the ability of many organizations to adapt. Essentially, um, for social media, that means you want to be in the game to stay in the mm-hmm. game. Um, or, in other words, um, we can all be rest assured that social media is here to stay. Of course, right? And and therefore, business models will evolve over time, and especially when it comes to customer service, I think we can all agree that, that this evolution is taking place right now, today, and organizations want to be able to adapt to that uh, ongoing change um, sooner than later. Otherwise, uh, they will see themselves out of, the, out of the game sooner than they realize. Very interesting. That's Darwinism at work. I have a question for all three of my very, very smart panelists, a very important question. I hope you all rehearse this one. What's in your cup today? I want to know what you're drinking because, after all, you're on coffee break with Game Changers, and that's one of our icebreaker themes, ice, no pun intended, Brent Leary. Oh, my goodness, it has been cold. What's in your cup today, or what do you wish you were drinking right this minute, Brent Leary? Salted caramel hot chocolate from Dunkin' Donuts. Um, <laughs> if I could only get out, because here in Atlanta, uh, I don't know, it's become national news that uh, the uh, although it was only two inches or three inches, it's enough to cripple uh, the complete yeah. Atlanta transit system. And so there have been people stuck in their on the cars on their highway since three o'clock yesterday afternoon. Um, no. So I'm not able to go out and get my. <laughs> Hot chocolate from Dunkin' Donuts, but I am thinking about it. I can't wait till I can tomorrow, maybe. 
Wow, it sounds like we've taken the, uh, whatever we call the persona of the Long Island Expressway and moved it down to you. Brent, just between you, I mean, I know nobody else is listening to this. I would give you the LIE in a heartbeat. You can adopt it. Try to teach it some customer service, respect and efficiency and speed. OMG, don't get me started. Thank you, Brent. Dan Gingis at Discover. Dan, what are you drinking today? I'm actually drinking a very healthy homemade smoothie today, which is uh, made from blueberries, strawberries, bananas, and uh, some protein powder. And I actually do that for a very relevant reason, not just to be healthy, but uh, it's actually a social play for me because everybody walks into my office and sees this purple-looking concoction and uh, engages me and asks me what's in it. So it is a, it's a great beverage to, uh, to drink in the morning, uh, both for healthful reasons and, uh, and for social reasons. Isn't that funny? A beverage is a talking point. I love that. This is good stuff. And Kai out there in the warm weather. Oh my goodness. We, it makes us stronger being here on the East Coast and in the Midwest where we could, we are tough. We are part of that digital Darwinism, the people getting stronger because the weather punishes us for so many weeks. What a brutal winter. Kai, what are you drinking? So I'm telling you what I would love to drink right now. Yes. Um, and that is that is um, a very special drink that I found um, in a small um, uh, coffee store um, out here in San Francisco. Um, and a big shout-out goes to um, Blue Bottle Coffee. And what okay. they do is um, they roast their coffee themselves, and, and they, they serve their coffee um, in less than 48 hours. Um, uh, you know, after the uh, uh, beans come out of the roaster. And what they really do um, to perfection is plain, simple drip coffee. And, and mm. now you might be like, well, but nobody drinks drip coffee anymore these days. Well, you should really give it a try. It is, it is divine, and it just doesn't get any better. And that's not to say that I've completely stopped doing the grande eggnog latte and double skim pumpkin pie <laughs> macchiato thing. Oh, right? you're good. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just have to go back to the roots and just, you know, get this very easy and, and, and straight and bold taste of drip coffee. I cannot recommend it enough. They're out here in San um, Francisco. They're yeah. out on the, um, on the uh, East Coast in New York, um, and they're the best. Well, I'm going to take that as a recommendation. By the way, they don't let me have caffeine on show days. However, my co-producer, wonder why Brent knows the answer to that one. Malcolm Kimberlin back in action after a, a, a very dramatic hand injury. He's tweeting for us today at, at, at sign sales underscore MKT. We love having Malcolm on board. And he's given us his coffee break information. He says he's back to his Phil's Coffee, P-H-I-L-Z. The, the name of the flavor is Tesoro. He says, after a stint with Nespresso Pixie. I'll leave that to your imagination. Malcolm and the Pixies, you go do that. Okay, guess what? I'm going to give my guests a break, about a minute and a half. We're going to come back with the roundtable. And if you haven't figured it out yet, you are listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Our topic today, social customer engagement. How does your company score? We're going to find out. We'll do a little self-testing at the end of the show. 30-minute roundtable coming back. Put your seatbelts on. I'm talking to Brent Leary at CRM Essentials, Dan Gingas at Discover, and Kai Petzelt at SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and I will be after the break. Brad, take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Okay, here we go. We're back, and thank you for joining us again. We're going to go into our roundtable round. I don't know if that's a tautology or not, going round and round. I'm going to kick this segment off with Brent Leary from CRM Essentials, and we're going to talk about organizations that create a culture that allows customer experience strategy to grow and stay aligned with, and here's a terminology we haven't quite used yet, customer behaviors, customer activities, and we alluded to customer expectations. Those companies over time will win. Let's set up what the winning formula is. Brent Leary, go. Well, I think it's it all, as usual, it starts with the customer, and, and we know customer behaviors, activities, expectations, have changed and they've changed rapidly over the last several years and it's not like they're going to change any slower over the the upcoming years it's everything is just progressing and moving and it has to uh, it puts a lot of pressure on companies because if they if they want to build long-lasting relationships they have to create a culture and infrastructure that will allow them to do that and so the bigger companies, more established companies, it's 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 a difficult thing to have to change the culture and change the, kind of the approach. But in order to build those long-lasting relationships, it's something that has to be done. And, and looking at some of the findings at the Social Customer Engagement Index um, that will be coming out shortly, uh, one of the things that we were able to track is, is kind of the impact of being a fully integrated company is on uh, the impact they have with social engagement. And, and when I say fully integrated, we asked a, a, a couple of questions. Uh, do you have social integrated into your traditional uh, service processes? Do you have your teams of people, are they integrated? So it's you know more uh, not just having social kind of on an island and a social team and a traditional team, but is it a little more integrated? And then the last mm-hmm. thing was, is your social service strategy, is that integrated into the overall corporate uh, goals and objectives and the strategy that, that uh, is used at the highest level? And the companies that said all three to those, um, and there was a, roughly about 20% of the 1,200 folks that took the surveys said yes mm-hmm. to all three of those. Uh, when they did, when they, we, they are a fully integrated company, they have a twice as likely to see a very positive impact from their social um, activities when it comes to customer service. They are able to respond a little quicker. Uh, they are uh, they are able. They're providing mobile support at a about a two x rate than the general population. So it's all these things 
seem to be come with having that whole uh, customer alignment and the company aligned with the customer expectation and the customer movement. It all comes into place. Now, it's a difficult thing for larger companies, but it seems to have mm-hmm. a payoff in the end. Thank you, Brent. Dan Gingas, Discover. I want to tell everybody that you oversee the design and development of the flagship website, discover.com, which many of us have visited. You manage customer experience and VOC across all digital channels, and you lead the company's social media strategy and execution. That's a big business card, Dan Gingas. Do you agree, disagree with Brent's perspective on the integration of social into the whole bigger strategy of customer service? Dan? Well, as usual, I do agree with uh, Brent uh, quite a bit and that the customer-first culture is absolutely a requirement. I think the one thing that I would say, going back to something that I mentioned earlier, is that I don't necessarily think this is new for companies that have been doing customer service well uh, in other channels. And so I go to sort of some pieces of advice that I think of, and I, and I realize even before I say them that th- this is the same advice I would give to somebody that's opening up a call center for the first time uh, mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, starting customer service on social. Be helpful. Answer the question that the customer has come to you with. Show empathy because – you know, customers have lots of different problems, oftentimes can be emotional in some way, uh, and be a friendly voice. You know, know that the, that the customer experience that's happening with the service provider at your company is often the only human interaction that they have, especially sure. with companies these days where, you know, either their services um, or their products that are mostly online, there is very little human action and interaction. And so that one point is absolutely critical to their overall satisfaction of the entire brand. So I believe that that translates very well to social media, uh, Mm -hmm. but isn't necessarily a, a new phenomenon. Dan, interesting, talking about the the human touch, the voice of a real person, uh, being sometimes the only one real person on that phone call you get to talk to. I've always wondered, maybe you can answer this, why when you dial a customer service helpline or whatever on the back of your credit card, wherever you are, you have to go through so many so many click this, click that, select this, listen to the menu. They never come right out and say, do you want to talk to a person? Click one. It's never the first choice. Don't they hate us that much, Dan? Tell me. Why don't they really want to talk to us anymore? Is it that bad? Well, I want to I want to recommend without uh, being too shameless about it that you try to call Discover because uh, that is something that we try to do is get people to a, a person as quickly as possible and to and to not have you go through a huge menu of choices because frankly, you know, the philosophy and I think this is a general philosophy is you want to be able to service your customers in the channel that they want to be serviced. And if phone is the channel that they choose, then you want that mm-hmm. to be the best experience possible. And if email is the channel they choose, ditto for that. If chat or if social are the channels that they choose, you want to be able to deliver the best possible experience. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with call centers, and that's a totally different, probably a different radio show. Uh, but is. you mentioned one of them. I think uh, another thing that we've focused on is, um, every single rep that we have sits in the United States and tells you what city they're in, um, and that that automatically introduces sort of this personal thing. We talked about the weather a couple minutes ago. That often happens because you get to you're, you're somebody nice. freezing on the East Coast, and you talk to someone in our Phoenix call center, uh, and certainly yep. the the weather's going to come up. So you create that human connection. 
I love it. I have, I'm going to call. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll find a way to call Discover and, and experience <laughs> that. I want to bring Kai Petzold from uh, Senior Director of Product Marketing at SAP. And Kai, I, I want to bring in a couple of key words you, you told me before the show. You said a winning customer service experience requires companies to listen, understand, and engage. Those sound to me something I like to say I could paint on the side of a building or I could crochet on, the, on a pillow or I don't know. I'm not into tattoos, but who knows? That could change. So, Kai, talk to me. Listen, understand, engage. Where does this come from? It sounds like a mantra for everything we're talking about. And I think it could very well be. You know, in, in the world mm-hmm. of social media, um, folks are talking about your products, your brands, your services. I mean, that's a given, and, and we should just accept that um, as a fact. That's here to stay. And, and so it's uh, important, as step number one, as a company, to listen to what your customers are saying about your brands, um, and more often not, more often than not, if you do that, you really get to hear um, the ugly truth about what mm-hmm. your customers are thinking about your products, your services, and your brands. Because essentially, they're not talking to you or at you, but they're just talking about you uh, in social media. Um, uh, platforms, uh, be it Facebook, be it Twitter, be it communities. So, and if you think about it personally, um, you know, if you want to share something, uh, if you want to share an experience about something and you really want to get down to the truth of it, um, more often than not, this happens when you just share your experience with someone else as opposed Mm -hmm. to having it to explain to the person or or to the company in question. So, um, we found that whenever you tap into those conversations and just listen to what people are talking about, um, your products, your services, or your brands online, this is where you get the real deal. This is where you really get an understanding of what your people like about your products or dislike about your services. So that's step number one. Really just try to mm-hmm. listen to those conversations that are happening out there. But just listening is, is obviously a daunting task if you think about the sheer volume of, of sound bites and tweets and Facebook posts and uh, uh, product reviews and whatnot. So it's important to, um, to have the right mechanisms or tools in place to really understand what uh, people are saying about your products and your services online. So, so you want to be able to really distill um, the sentiment of what people are talking about you or um, you know, what, what um, in the grand scheme of things people really like or dislike about you, your products, your services. So you want to be able to really uh, you know, have this lever to, uh, to make, to make uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a meaningful, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, make, to make it meaningful when, when, when listening to, uh, to social media channels. Otherwise, uh, it's very likely that the sheer volume um, of social media uh, posts is is overwhelming. Okay. Um, so so once this is in place, you listen, you understand, and then what? Then of course you engage. want to really engage with those folks out there because um, fundamentally, I believe that those conversations that are happening out there, especially for us in customer service are a great, great opportunity to proactively reach out to, to individuals, to people, and, and, and to start uh, engaging with those people um, you know, on their terms um, about a product question they might have or about a mm-hmm. positive or maybe more important, a negative product experience they had. Wouldn't it be great if I, would be, if I as a company would be able to proactively engage with those people and start a conversation and maybe turn you know, a negative naysayer into a brand advocate 
by proactively yes. reaching out to this person. So this Wouldn't is, this is um, my very simple three-step approach to listen, then to understand, and then really to proactively engage to build those, to build those ties. I like that. Brent Leary, what do you think of this? I'll call it the LUE approach. We're only missing the G and luge. I can see them luging down at the Olympics and saying, we've got this. We understand. We listen. We engage. Brent, LUE, what do you think? Listen, understand, and engage. Good model? Y-E-S. <laughs> That's the Brent we know and love. I appreciate. And Dan Gingas at Discover, you agree? It's a good, it's a distillation of what we've been talking about. Absolutely, and I think that the uh, the the end game there, uh, as Kai said really nicely, is that it it actually happens quite a bit that when you see negative commentary about your brand or about a product, that simply engaging, listening, uh, and engaging with those people um, can often turn that negative sentiment into positive sentiment. Uh, seen it lots of different times where a negative tweet ends up being followed by a, wow, this company is great because their service is awesome. Uh, and that, you know, to me is really the holy grail. Okay. I want to ask all three panelists something, a, a personal concern to me, and I think everybody listening is, is wondering the same thing. The types of people, who are they, who go out on social and say something negative? Case in point, went to the movies last night. They said, go to Theater 7. The, the marquee said, Frozen. It was a different movie. Go in anyway. It'll be the right movie. The pre- pre-trailer uh, ads, audio only, nothing on the screen. Went and told the manager, don't worry, don't worry, go back in. When the, when the uh, previews come in, you'll be able to see something. The theater was cold, very cold, had a big coat on the whole time. Should I go out, seriously, go on social media and say something to its bow tie cinemas just took over for the Clearview system here on Long Island and say something negative? Or do I call up the, the theater and talk to the manager personally and say, hey, you hit a couple of negative points with me. I'm a paying customer, and I might not come back because of this and that. How would I handle that? Uh, Dan, I want to ask you from Discover, who are the people who would complain on social versus me who would think twice? Well, I think there's a lot of debate uh, over whether social is the channel of last resort because you've called and you haven't gotten the service you wanted and you've emailed and you haven't heard back, kind mm -hmm. of like your Home Depot example, or whether social is emerging as a channel of first resort. And I think that the answer is it is it depends on the person, as you say. And um, I think it certainly started as the channel of last resort, which is why you saw a lot of exasperated negative comments. Um, mm -hmm. But now I think that people, uh, as it was mentioned earlier, you know, we are in a sharing culture right now. And, and, you know, you had an experience at a movie theater that was emotional for you, whether it was positive <laughs> or negative, and you want to share. And it could have been exactly the opposite. It could have been that you walked in and, you know, they gave you a free popcorn out of nowhere and you noticed that they had changed the seats and they were now leather seats that reclined with cup holders and, you know, it was the best movie you'd seen all year and you'd want to share that as well. Um, yes. And so I, I think that, that social is emerging as a channel of first resort for a lot of people um, for both positive and negative comments. Thank you. And, and that brings another point. I want uh, Brent to chime in on this one, please. Did companies just a couple of years ago when social was, let's say, the 
channel of choice for people who like to complain. Was that an opportunity for companies to say, we're not going to pay attention to that. I've seen that guy. He's posted 15 rants this month on all kinds of companies. Just ignore him. So did people do the boy or girl who cried wolf and companies were ignoring them? Brent, what have you seen in terms of a changeover company saying, we have to pay attention. They could be brand advocates instead of brand destroyers. What do you observe in your social index, Brent? Yeah, I think that's uh, the case. Uh, you, you actually see, uh, and I've talked to a number of companies that have, uh, I guess they call it a, kind of a new metric, uh, the, the zero to hero metric, where you ah. can change a, a, somebody who's complaining or criticizing uh, if you, you know, address the situation and you, and you do it in a, a meaningful way, it, it could really have a tremendous impact. And they can go from, you know, like I said, from criticizing you, calling you a zero to, you know, giving you a lot of props for, for handling the situation. And, and then the other kind of uh, way this situation is addressed in certain instances, if you have a pretty uh, robust community and somebody is complaining and, and they're complaining in such a way that the other com- uh, community members don't appreciate it or they feel it's not being, it's coming from an authentic place, they will actually come in on your behalf and say, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I have no problem here. And, and so it all, it's really all about uh, is this criticism authentic or is it uh, has some nefarious purposes? But, you, you know, you have to kind of look at the situations for what they are and then act accordingly. If it's somebody who's really needing help and they're, and they're criticizing, mm-hmm. but they're doing it and, and they're doing it in such a way that uh, it's not nefarious, you definitely want to address that. If it is nefarious, you, chances are your community is going to take care of it for you. Ah, thank you. Kai, I know you, you sent me in a case study before the show. You said you have a case study of a great example of what we discussed a moment ago, listen, understand, and engage. And you said yeah. T-Mobile. Can you give us a, just a brief overview of why you picked T-Mobile as a great example, please? Yes, I would love to share that story. <clears throat> So well, first of all, I'm, I'm I'm a customer of theirs, so so I know a bit of, of you know how they treat their customers, um, and this is why I love the story so much. Um, but really, the story is uh, you know T-Mobile a few years ago was sort of like you know the, one of the smaller players in the in the industry, and and they really set out to um, conquer the industry by providing superior customer service, um, and especially they wanted to do that through social media. Um, and so what they did is they invested quite heavily in in, in, in social media customer service and and uh, you know what we're seeing now by now they, they were able to reduce customer churn they were able to increase first contact res- resolution rates and and they were uh, continuously able to uh, turn um, uh, uh, difficult conversations that were happening about their products and brands online into uh, brand advocates and and I really admire that company for doing that, um, and and all that um, as far as I know without really scaling their service team. So so they leverage the right technology, and and they are doing what we are what we are all talking about. They are delivering a delightful experience. They are mm-hmm. fast. They are knowledgeable. 
um, if I tweet something, um, you, might, you know, about my uh, plan, they know who I am. So it's not just like I have to re-explain uh, five times to five different agents who I am and what my problem is. They really got the handle on uh, on on uh, customer engagement, and they know their their deal very well. And this is why I admire their company so much, especially when it comes to customer service via social channels. Thank you. Dan Gingas at Discover. I know you'd love to use Discover as a case study example. You want to tell us more? Do you have any other companies that you would like to put up on the on the uh, the props box here and tell us about that do this so well? Well, I'd say that the companies that we look to are actually outside of our industry. Um, I would mm-hmm. point to the airlines, believe it or not. Um, and, not. you know, airlines get a lot of heat um, for a lot of different reasons, and, and many of them deserved. Uh, but in terms of social customer service, I think that they have really uh, started to figure it out. And, and that is an industry that we actually try to emulate ourselves on um, because the airlines have figured out that when you need help, and you are so desperate for help that you're standing in an airport and you're snowed out in Atlanta and you don't have any other you know, flight options, and you're there, you need that answer right now, not in 10 minutes, not in an hour. And uh, the airlines have figured this out. And when you tweet at, at the ones that I've, I've spent time tweeting at are American and United, um, but I've also heard fantastic things about Delta, uh, that, you know, you're getting answers in three, four, five, six minutes, which is just yeah. unbelievable. And frankly, probably not sustainable for most companies, but it does give us a little bit of sense of urgency. Um, you know, we were at a uh, a couple of hours um, three years ago, which was actually probably industry standard, uh, and we're down now uh, right at a half an hour with eyes towards lower than that because, again, uh, as Brent said earlier, um, the customer expectations continue to be on the rise, and you have industries like the airlines that are responding so quickly that people then say, well, gee, if United Airlines can respond to me in seven minutes, why can't Discover or T-Mobile or, or somebody else? There you go, raising the bar. Of course, if you were stuck in Atlanta and you had Brent Leary's phone number, you could call him and schmooze a little bit. Maybe he'd come and get you and bring you some sure peppermint latte. <laughs> he'd, he'd do something. Yeah, we all now, now that you know that, you can do that. Brent, speaking of you, I want to turn the tables a little bit. Let's talk about social channels of choice. You told me before the show, you said Facebook remains the most used, most effective social channel for customer engagement from a service perspective. And then let me continue. But companies who operate their own branded communities find those just as important as Facebook and more important than Twitter. Let's do a little bit of uh, picking and choosing and and tell us why certain channels are more popular and does this have anything to do with generation or gender or are we talking millennials versus boomers? Uh, Brent, who picks what and what do they like about certain social channels for this customer engagement? Well, uh, uh, for our survey, um, we've been asking this question since the beginning. And since 2010, basically, um, and the answer for the most effective channel has stayed the same uh, over those four years. It's been Facebook uh, from a customer service perspective, and Twitter um, is a distant second, but it's everything. There's a huge drop off from Twitter to the next, and which is like the own communities. Um, but uh, I think, and what uh, you typically see is it. It really does depend on the customer uh, segment that you're going after. Uh, some customer segments in, in certain industries, uh, you know, they definitely is an affinity for uh, Facebook. And, and, and uh, actually, I was on a uh, webinar just yesterday with uh, the folks over at Nissan, and they talked about how their customer base 
they you know they chose their customer base basically chose Facebook as the place that they wanted to have engagement with, and so they built a lot of their presence and and their ability to interact with customers around Facebook. Now I know Dan, uh, who's also uh, on that webinar yesterday, he talks about how their customer base is is definitely more Twitter oriented. So it really does uh, depend on your customers where they want to engage and how they want to engage. And but it does seem that just from a general standpoint. Uh, and we didn't get into kind of look at the age of the uh, customer and okay. like that, but just from a general standpoint, uh, Facebook uh, seems to win out when it comes to customer engagement from a service perspective. But the companies that do have their own communities, then it's all it's basically neck and neck between Facebook and their own community in terms of what's the most effective. Thank you very much. I want to bring in a, another type of statistic here that Kai sent me before the show. Kai, I'd like you to answer this. And by the way, we're eight minutes from taking our break. I know you're all, you're not getting tired, but I know you'll appreciate a break before we go into our final crystal ball predictions round. Kai, you said to me, influence created by posts, and you've included blog posts, blog comments, discussion forums, and ratings and reviews forums. You say people in the U.S. create, everybody write this down, 1.64 billion, I said with a B, 1.64 billion influence posts a year, and each of those are viewed by 150 people, I guess that's an average, equals a total of 250 billion impressions. These are huge wow. numbers. So, yeah, wow. And I, I knew Brent would appreciate that, <laughs> and, and Dan might too. This is interesting. Kai, where did these statistics come from? And, and distill it, one of your favorite ways. Distill it down. What does this really mean to this conversation? Yeah. So when I, when I first saw those numbers, I was really blown away. Um, I, I couldn't believe it in, in the first place, but but then you know I looked into I looked into the actual study, which is in fact a, a Forrester study from last year, oh, okay. and, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it that um, people are posting reviews, people are discussing stuff online. Um, you know, to our earlier point, those conversations are happening out there, and 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 as a matter of fact, social media is probably the, the the best possible amplifier of, of those conversations that you could think of because, you know, everybody follows everybody else and, and things get tweeted and retweeted and, and links are being shared. So, so this, this typical avalanche effect of, of, you know, putting something out there and, 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 you know, seeing this multiplier effect really adds up very, very quickly. And so um, before we know it, we are at this mind-boggling number of 250 billion impressions of um, blog posts, blog comments, and things along those lines. And again, if you think about that as a source of, of intel, of intelligence, right, for us customer service professionals, um, this, 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 is, this is like um, the land of milk and honey. Because um, honestly, I think, I fundamentally believe that those blog posts, discussion forum posts, and things like that are absolutely true to the point because people are talking about that. People are spending time posting that thing, these things because they really want to share their true experience. Right and not mm-hmm. they, they don't want to please a vendor or, or a company. They really want to share their true experience. And and if you think about it, tapping into these into these conversations and posts that are happening out there today is I guess an invaluable source for, for us in customer service, really to find out what people like and don't like about our products and brands. Very important. Dan Gingas at Discover, you want to react to that billion number? That's a wow or were you do you know about that already? 
No, that's a wow. I was I was furiously scribbling that statistic down as well, uh, and agree that social media is uh, an amplifier for all of that. Um, I think that you know the. I want to react a little bit to your first question, which actually was to um, Brent about the effectiveness of the channel. And so, mm-hmm. you know, no doubt that people are posting uh, everywhere. And I, I totally agree with Kai that, um, that, that listening there is really important. Um, in some industries like ours that are regulated, it's very difficult for us um, to engage because, um, again, most people um, have questions about that are that are specific to their account. Um, you know, there's privacy issues, uh, and there are rules for regulated industries about which channels we can participate in, uh, unless we have the, the full ability to monitor everything and respond to everything. Um, but I think what's slightly different is that the, the question in Brent's survey is about the most effective channel, and I agree that Facebook is a very very effective channel for that. And, and probably the reason for that is that you can answer a question using as many characters and words as you need, uh, as opposed to Twitter, where mm-hmm. you're obviously limited to the 140 characters. Now, that said, as, as he mentioned, our customers come to us via Twitter far more often than they do Facebook. And we have far more fans in Facebook than we have followers on Twitter. So they've chosen Twitter as the channel they want to engage with us on, uh, which means we need to engage back with them in that channel. But it is certainly more, it is certainly easier and more effective to service customers in Facebook or in a blog or some other forum where you really can answer the question in its entirety, as opposed to a quick snippet and a, and send them to a link. Yes, very good, very very important natural language. We might even go back to that. I think that's an old-fashioned phrase. We're heading to the break in three minutes, but Brent, I want to bring in a tech term here I don't think I've heard in the conversation. Yes, three minutes will break. You say if applying big data strategies to improve customer interactions, this needs to be a growing part of customer service strategy, and you term this as proactive versus reactive customer service. And I believe the whole point of our conversation today is how can companies of all sizes be Become smart and proactive about customer service to turn, I love this phrase, to go from zero to hero. I tweeted that, by the way, Brent. And, Dan, I tweeted the statistic about the number of impressions. Brent, briefly, big data strategies, where do they come into play here? How much data can you possibly grasp with all of these social interactions going on? Tell me. Well, I think the main uh, information or data is the stuff that's coming directly from customers over social networks that give you what's important to them, why it's important to them, the sentiment that goes into it, and who they're talking to about it. That provides a whole bunch of context that you can then uh, aggregate along with transactional information and maybe uh, you know uh, service request information to give you real-time what's important, how it's important, and what they're trying to accomplish. And if you can set up a program, uh, to aggregate that kind of information and find those important insights and then turn that in, those insights into great experiences for them. Uh, and that includes empathy. A lot of times we forget, you know, we get raw data and then we don't use empathy and using that raw data and that can cause serious problems. But if we do all of those things and we're able to take that information and turn it into better products, better services, better experiences, that makes for a longer, happier customer. 
Thank you very much. Good point for us to take a break. I'm going to give the three of you a chance to, oh, you have a homework assignment. Dan and Kai, Brent knows the drill. Don't think you get off easy here. I'm going to ask you to go out to the garage, the boat, the storage, attic, wherever. Find that crystal ball. I know you all have one, and I want you to look and polish it off and tell me if we met again five years from today, and I certainly hope we will. I'll put it on my calendar. You put it in yours. What would we be saying about social customer engagement? How does your company score? Would we even use the term social customer engagement? Would we still be, will we still have Facebook? Will we still have Twitter? I'm not so sure, but I can't wait to hear from the experts. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with Brent Leary at CRM Essentials, Dan Gingas at Discover, Kai Petzelt at SAP. You are listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are live. It's Wednesday, January 29th. The year is already whizzing by. When we come back, we'll do the predictions round. You don't want to miss this. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Brad out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. Je pense donc, je suis. I always have to throw that one in. A shout-out to Margot Heiligman. She's joining us again on Twitter. Love to see you there, Margot, at hashtag SAP Radio. She says she's loving her Nespresso, and I think she loves hashtag SAP Radio. And a shout-out to Lisa Tiori at SAP, who brought this wonderful panel together, brought us the topic. Lisa, we appreciate it. Keep those good topics going. Okay, crystal ball round. It's time. Brent Leary. If you and I and Dan and Kai met again in five years about this exact topic, what would you think you would be saying on it, or would we even need the conversation? One and a half minutes, go. Well, we definitely, I don't think, we definitely won't be needing to say social customer service. Uh, It's just customer service, and it's always really just been customer service. It's all about social providing new accesses and channels to communicate and collaborate, but at the end of the day, a good experience with customer service doesn't have to take place over social. Uh, I love a quote that Frank Eliason uh, started, kind of started this whole thing when he was over at Comcast, and now he's at uh, Citibank. But he I had a conversation with him, and he said, basically, I have never had anybody ask me for social customer service. What they've always asked for mm-hmm. is help with the challenges they face. So all we're looking at here is finding better ways, more efficient ways to provide better service, better experiences. 
you know, five years from now, that will still be the case. Twenty years from now, that will still be the case. Tools may change, uh, social networks may change, but that fundamental need for good service, for better experiences, will be with us until there are no more customers. Wow, that's a big one. And Brent, I have to use another French phrase in response to what you just shared with us, and it's plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. You knew that. Thank you, Brent. Let's turn to Dan Gingas at Discover. Dan, crystal ball time, minute and a half. What do you see? Five years from today, same, different, in between? Talk to me. Well, I do think that social is going to become more of a ubiquitous channel for service. One thing that we haven't talked about today is that social inquiries are often a very, very small percentage of total inquiries, especially to big companies today, if you look at phone and email and chat. And I do think that that is going to be on the rise. And part of that is going to be that companies are going to get more comfortable with their social customer service and then begin marketing it proactively. So a lot of companies started off with this, if you build it, they will come philosophy, set up a Facebook page, set up a Twitter account, and let's see if people ask us questions. I think that is going to shift towards uh, action driving people to social, especially if companies can figure out how to deliver that service uh, less expensively than on the phone. Um, And then that drives to, I think, a bigger uh, trend, which is really going to be service as um, service being marketed as a benefit of doing business with a company. Uh, That that one of the reasons you choose a company is because of their service. Um, And I think some of that um, will also play into what Brent was saying in terms of big data. And I want to quickly give a, an example that's a real example Please, that yes. we're looking at right now, which is, you know, if a customer calls us and we know that they were trying, that they were on the website trying to make a payment and they failed for some reason, we can have a very different conversation with them and walk them through the process online. And the vice versa is true as well. If they log on to the website and we know that they called us to make a payment last time, we can show them a video on how to make a payment online. So using the data that you already have in terms of how customers engage with you in order to deliver that better, more personalized service is going to be a huge theme. Um, I would say that uh, the last thing is there's a uh, popular song out there that my kids are singing called uh, What Does the Fox Say? And I think that uh, a better (laughs) way to put this into business perspective is what does the customer say? And that is really going to be uh, the, the key philosophy going forward. And I thought you were going to mention Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, and I certainly <laughs> hope not because I have the explicit version. However, Blurred Lines could be a mantra for social and telephone and how do your customers find you, what do they expect on different channels, and the total experience. There are Blurred Lines. That's not, not such a bad one, actually. Thank you, Dan Gingas at Discover. And let's wrap this round up with Kai Petzold at SAP. Predictions, Kai, minute and a half, go. Well, I can uh, totally foresee that in five years from now, um, to um, uh, Brent's point, we will have stopped talking about social customer service. Um, And what that really means is that um, we will see customer service being blended across channels so that customers may start a service interaction via tweet or via a Facebook post, and then customer or companies might turn to a phone or uh, private conversations via chat um, or even in-store conversations, and all that mm-hmm. sort of in a seamless fashion um, that uh, provides this um, uh, superior customer experience or uh, service experience that we're all expecting is, is exactly what I'm, what I'm foreseeing in the next five years. 
Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to go back. I'm going to do a little bonus round here because you were all so concise. I appreciate it. I have one minute to split between the, among the three of you. Yes, three minutes to go, and I need a minute and a half. Question is, in five years, what will be the social channel of choice among today's millennials who will be a little bit older, won't we all? So let's start with Brent Leary at CRM Essentials. Brent, what will they be using to contact companies and where will they want companies to find them? Today's millennials in five years. Fast forward. Bonnie, if I knew that, I would be uh, buying as much stock in that company as possible now. I don't think anybody knows who that is. I don't think think it's going to be Facebook because the kids have already – fled Facebook to Snapchat, and then when the adults get to Snapchat, the kids are going to go somewhere else. I don't know where they're going to be in five years, but I would love to know so I can put some money down on it. We're, we're, we're going to have to do a show on stock picks. Okay, thank you very much. And Dan Gingas at Discover, any insights you want to share? Brent is dying to know. Can you tell him? Uh, I, hate to, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but my answer is TBD, because I think it's probably a channel that isn't out there right now, and uh, I think that's probably a safe bet. And I don't know it either, Brent, so unfortunately, uh, neither one of us is going to probably make money on it. That's what I wanted to hear, is that it could be a new one. Kai, do you agree, disagree quickly? I completely agree. Uh, it's completely unknown at this point, but again, I think it's it's actually less important than it is today because uh, customer service uh, will be blended across any channel that will be out there, even the ones that we don't even know yet. Thank you for accepting the bonus round. I appreciate that. <laughs> Guess what? I have my predictions, and they're already written down. Let me tell you about them. Tomorrow, Startup Focus with Game Changers, one of our themed series, Thursday, 1 p.m. We're going to pick a best-of episode. You'll be surprised, but do go to the Business Channel. Look for all of our Coffee Cup logos in the schedule and follow along with us. We want to thank the more than half a million listeners who've joined us so far in 94 countries. What do you think of that, Brent Leary? And on next Tuesday, we have Biz Buzz with Game Changers. Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific. Interesting topic, manufacturing trends, automation on overdrive. Well, manufacturing used to be labor-intensive, but guess what? Now it's people-centric. The workers today have to be wired digitally into the mindset of what's happening in the factory, and they have to be skilled at on-the-fly decision-making. I think we've got mobile and we've got big data in there somewhere, too. Great topic. Next week here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific. Our topic A little bit similar to today. Five steps to social media compliance. OMG, really? Are they regulating you? They just might. As social becomes more pervasive and legitimate, attacks and misuse continue. Enter big brother, big sister regulators. Not sure? Tune in next Wednesday here, 8 a.m. Pacific. Special thank you to my wonderful panel, and you are wonderful, Brent Leary, Dan Gingas, Kai Petzold. I'm going to give three of you a homework assignment. Go out and invent the next social media platform. <laughs> Tell me about it, and then we'll all cash in. Insider trading. Poof! And shout-outs to Lisa Tiori at SAP, Malcolm Kimberlin. Welcome back on Twitter. And a shout-out to Marco Heiligman. Thanks for joining us also, too. We've got the cloud folks at SAP. We've got the CRM folks tweeting today. Appreciate it. And thank you always to Brad and the Business Channel team at Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I have a call to action for you. Brent, Kai, Dan, listen to this. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter 
hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. We'll be right back. 